0: listener
1: production. G'day, it's Gus and Wendell from the Rush Hour and a bit of disclaimer here. Latrell Mitchell at the time of actually uh, chatting uh, with the boys on this podcast was in the New South Wales squad. We now know that he is out. That news came just before five o'clock yesterday afternoon. So I've got Wendell Saley here to talk about that particular situation. A tough one for New South Wales, mate. Everyone was ready for him to, to really fire up up there in Queensland.
2: Yeah, well, this is massive news, and not just for New South Wales, but even for Queensland, because he's one of the superstars of rugby league. And we know that Latrell might have been a little bit underdone, but to be ruled out in such a you know such a big game, um, this is massive. Um, not just for the fans, but obviously New South Wales, because he gives you confidence. You know, it's like when when you when you have someone of his uh, stature, you go out there, you, you feel so confident
1: the way that he plays in defence and attack. Yeah, Stephen Crichton comes in and Burton comes into 18th man. So Crichton played really well in Adelaide, one of New South Wales' best. So they won't be worried about him not performing, but I suppose, like you say, he's not the superstar that Latrell is. Yeah, Crichton, mate,
2: there's no doubt he was one of New South Wales' best in the first game, and he'll he'll do a job for New South Wales. But once again, it's when, you know, the game's on the line, when you need the big plays. I've got no doubt Crichton can do that, but Latrell, you know, he's a two-time premiership player. He's been proven in big games. And, uh, yeah, it's, well, oh, mate, this is just throwing But we said it before, you know, Cam Murray and him, um, you know, under the pump a little bit. Liam Martin, obviously, with his, you know, um, HIA, um, these sort of things in State of Origin, um, this is what makes State of Origin great theatre. You know, we're we're talking about this, you know, um, just under a week before the the next Origin and uh, it's, yeah, it's... It's, it's massive. It's massive news. And I do feel for Luttrell because he's playing really good football at the moment. And I feel sorry for New South Wales. But uh, and you want the best players playing. Let's be honest, Gus. I know that you don't think that that I want uh, Luttrell in there. But <laughs> it makes it better. It's better theatre when Luttrell's playing because he is an entertainer.
1: And love or hate Luttrell, uh, he puts bums on seats. Absolutely. So the siege mentality for New South Wales, I can't get the players even if, they, even if they do pick them. So many changes from game one in Adelaide. They were leading that game with 10 minutes to go. So they're not that far off. Everyone will now say, oh, well, without Latrell, they can't get it done. What would you say to people about that?
2: Well, I think this is a good opportunity for those 18 players in that squad. Obviously, Burton Burton comes in the 18th man. But this is a good chance for them to make a bit of history. You know, we know that New South Wales have gone up to Suncorp Stadium. They have knocked Queensland off um, and, and kept the uh, crowd quiet. And this is a good opportunity for them to keep the crowd quiet because at the moment, the confidence is up at the moment uh, for Queensland and the way that they played in that uh, first game and the way that we stole it. We stole it at the end of that game. And that's why <laughs> Look, I love State of Origin. Mate, it's going to
1: be... An- it's going to be an absolute cracker. You can't get the smile off your face. I can't. I'm i super oh, sad because yeah. I'm a rooster man. I loved him at the Chooks, but yeah. obviously he's at South now. But he's one of the world's best. And New South Wales would have been more of a chance to win if he was there. But he's been ruled out. Crichton is in. Let's get on with the podcast. Yeah,
0: okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this.
1: Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Let him go. Oh, he's got
3: Coming up on Footy Talk today, James Graham, G.I. and Connor Watson. We are
0: talking what it's like when a player is linked with another club.
3: And I'll be touching on the origin
0: and the origin arena. And we'll be talking about Shane Flanagan and his three-year deal with the Dragons.
3: Hello and welcome everybody to the latest edition of Footy Talk. I'm your host, James Graham. The boys are back together. First off, Greg Inglis, how are you?
4: I'm doing very well, thank you. Um, Been a bit busy the last couple of weeks, but, you know, last Friday night was a big one. How was yeah. it? It was really good, really good. It was, uh, you know, last year we've done the same thing, but this year you can really see the difference and, you know, the atmosphere was different. Uh, we had Mitch Tambo play, so, you know, he was, brought the energy to the room. and But, you know, last year we was talking about what we're going to do, where, you know, this year we talked about what we have done. So that That's was cool. A big yeah, difference. that is good. But that was a big difference and, you know, like I said, it was just a great night all, all around and the night went really well and I got nothing but positive feedback. But you know when you're in so close to something and you don't know whether they're just talking how the how the backsides are talking shit to you. So you just take a step back and then just let them let them tell your work colleagues about it. So Good reports. Everything we got back was good reports. Can, yeah. I,
3: can you can you touch on some of those things that you have achieved in a short time frame?
4: Yeah, so well, one of them's my staffing. Well, I just signed on two two new employees, so they start in the next two weeks. So that will take it to eleven staff. Wow! And uh, in twelve months, oh, I started oh. in twenty twenty, but on ground in twelve months. Yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah so That's huge, obviously, man. COVID hit, and <laughs> don't know why, but I came out of retirement, <laughs> went over to England uh, to play. How was that? Um, yeah, it was. It was interesting. It was good. Like I, I said it on the, on this show before. I loved it. And I wish I went over there a bit, bit later in my 20s instead of went until I was 35 to go over. <laughs> so, look, it's a great culture over there and they, you can see how much, you know, they're passionate about it, especially in their own little towns. Yeah, with the gala, you know, we signed on 35 schools to deliver across New South Wales. Got on a couple of other big businesses like B6 Pack, ASICS is another one that we got a service and, you know, it's another... Another one that we had previously, and that's just re really committed as well, is Glencore, the big mining company. So, you know, it's um, they're really big, big ones that we've got to deliver. Working on it at the moment is delivering a program to Townsville Correctional Centre. So it's a big one. One of my colleagues, uh, our program coordinator, she just came back from Mount Druitt and I think a PCYC out there. So do something out there. That's so awesome. it's um Yeah, it's, it's big. It's going really well. And... You know, I'm glad that we've got star style so frees up my time.
3: Yeah, good. Congratulations, mate. On we'll to bigger and better things for the future.
4: Give more time to come and talk to you, Jimmy. So my you,
3: it's my honor. <laughs> mm. Be good. Be good. Get get us all involved. Get get, get, everyone. get, get let's do a live live show there. Live show. Down at the Ghono <laughs> Academy. The PCYC. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what what Greg, what's the goal with it? Well, it's
4: educating people on preventing mental health. And what we want to do is, you know bring it to light so we can grab it early so they can understand what's actually going through their minds and reach out to services. You know, we, let's just say like we're here in a studio but we have uh, their own services where people don't reach out to as much so we point them in not that direction as well. Um, obviously, we get things disclosed to us and then we push them on to services because we can only do what we can do yeah. to a certain point certain point, and then that's when we just deliver them so point them in the right direction. But, you know, I've got... I deliver a program over five modules, so I'm always continuously going back into, just say, schools, for instance. I always continue to go back into schools. That's important, So it's that's not, a, it's not eh? a one and done.
3: Yeah, don't go in. No. Hey, make a song or... and dance about it, and then, all right, okay. See you later. See you later. Yeah. Oh, wasn't that great? Do you remember when Greg Inglis came? It's like, no, he, he keeps coming back.
4: Yeah, and that's always stuck to me, and that's something that I've always wanted to change because <laughs> back in the day, I think, 97 or 95 NRL was sponsored, community work was sponsored by McDonald's and Coca-Cola. <laughs> Good diet, hey? So we used to, when they did community clinics, they had white shirts with um, with their McDonald's and Coca-Cola on them. And they came up to Maxwell and they did their clinic and one of them they brought up was Terry Lamb. And then we never, even to this day, i have never seen another community program around Maxwell or up there. So that's always stuck in the back of my mind. I think I was like nine or ten. Mm. You know, so that's something I always wanted to do and I always keep talking about it. I wanted to give back after I retired or throughout my career. But to this degree, I never would have thought of like this capacity and what I'm doing.
2: Yeah.
3: yeah. It's it's incredible, man. You're making a real difference mm. and mate, a lot of the results as well, you won't know this, but they'll be, they'll, they will be invisible and there'll be things that never happened because of your intervention, which mate, is a, it's huge. I think you continue going down this road, Matt, and it will f- far surpass your unbelievable football career. Yeah. You make a real difference, mate. You should be very proud, so congratulations. Very
4: proud, very proud of my team as well, so yeah, it's going well.
3: Yeah, good, good. Connor Watson, Hello, welcome mates. back to the show, mate. You've been uh, deep entrenched in rehab and you're finally back where it all matters.
0: Yeah, I've been a bit MIA. For some reason, I don't know if we're just playing Friday and Saturday night games over there, but... Keeps dragging me away from this, boys. So. <laughs> <laughs>
3: How is the uh, the rehab going?
0: Yeah, it's slow, Jimmy. I was just talking to you about it before. It's one of those ones where it's quite a fickle injury. I think the fact that you have to keep your legs straight for eight weeks, then when you start actually doing stuff, it can get quite angry if you do too much load. So, yeah, the last couple of weeks has been a little bit quiet in that sense, just trying to let the knee sort of just fully rest and, and and heal before we get after like a good block of running. So yeah, it's been it's been sort of hard. I think that bit frustrating in a sense. And then also, you know, the boys haven't been going that well as well. So that's always tough when you're not out there able to help and then yeah, seeing the boys struggling. You're doing a bit of aqua aerobics, like okay. a aqua water aerobics or Pilates? <laughs> I actually, um, I haven't done any aqua aerobics, Greg, but it's a good idea. I, I, I did it. And yeah. And it's, you'd be it surprised
4: help? how much it, it does help because it takes the buoyancy off it.
0: Yeah.
3: And... You may
4: look like an idiot in it. Oh, I was
0: going to say, I reckon <laughs> yeah.
3: he's having you on here. Nah. I reckon he's one of them. Nah. I reckon he's Boys. pre-planned it. Have you Have you tried acrobics? Connor Watson's in there with all like the 70 plus women just doing this. <laughs> no. Hey, <and>
2: then <laughs> no. No, I've, <laughs> fall I've, for I've anything. done it. You've actually done it? done it? I've done it. I've done it. And
4: then when I've done my osteos pubis in in Melbourne, that's what we did too. Yeah. yeah.
0: Really? Yeah. yeah, I've been doing a fair bit of swimming. It's not a myth, Jimmy's not a myth. <laughs> swimming. No aerobics just, yet. Just, <laughs> just
3: like next week. Oh my god, he's saying he's doing it.
0: <laughs> Come down to Icebergs, just see. <laughs> Imagine
3: <punching> that. Just <laughs> out the front just of time walking. That. <laughs> <laughs> Connor Watson, that'd be brilliant. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, I mean, it's just another challenge, right? All, all of this stuff. So, that part of it, I'm enjoying, but it's just been, I guess slower, the slowest rehab I've done as far as, like even an Achilles was a bit more simple than this, but mm. yeah, just taking every day as it comes, the old cliche, so. yeah, oh, How are you going, Jimmy? you been good? Football injuries, love them.
3: Oh, I don't miss them. <laughs> I, can, I think we've talked about that before, where you're like, <laughs> I'll never run again. Like, I'm done.
2: I'm <laughs> happy, I'm happy with that. <laughs> like, like, oh. Golf two, course and that's yeah. it.
3: Walking in, like getting out the boot, and you're just like, oh, I'll never come back. Yeah. It's <laughs> <over>. <laughs> I'll never play. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm going good. Thanks, mate. Just got back from a, a big interview with uh, Tim Sheens, actually.
0: Yeah. you have had some pretty big guests on. Mm. Had some great guests on.
3: Great guests. How you big are we talking? On? Jimmy. Like big interview. Like
0: nah. what
3: was it? Like good probably three hours. And bearing in mind, he said, I've, I've got to be I've got to be out of here by two by two o'clock. And then for a, we had a toilet break. It's like, oh, looking at the clock, we better hurry up with these final questions and then he just kept going but mate a fascinating conversation like a man that I think we said he's got over 50 years of experience in the professional game and to still be as en- engaged and you know consumed by our game it, it's fascinating he, he could I reckon he could talk for days without taking a breath about the, the game and the mate, We we have this section of the show where you know you name your spine and like the people he's been involved with or your best ever spine that you've been involved with and he's just like rattling all these names off it's, in, it, it's incredible we didn't even touch on his coaching career we hardly touched on his Australian career like down in Canberra he just he just yeah.
4: loves football he, he loves, loves, the loves it Yeah,
3: yeah. loves it he's Great conversation and our game's better for having him in it and spoke through about, you know, the structure of the Tigers and, you know, the decision-making process and all that sort of stuff. So it was really interesting. So, uh, yeah, make sure you check that one out on the buy round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, if you, if you, mate. Yeah. I mean, we might have to split that one into two, I think, because three hours is, that's, yeah long time to be listening. <laughs> Joe
0: Rogan. Joe Rogan. <laughs> yes, Joe Rogan. exactly.
3: Uh, well, on to some topical things. The Dragons finally announce um their new head coach in Shane Flanagan, um the more experienced man, a man that had been suggested, but then, you know, perhaps uh there was things against him that didn't work in his favor, but that has been seems to have been um overlooked or, you know, had those issues sorted out and uh he gets the job at the Dragons. What what a,
0: what's the immediate reaction from from you two? I mean, it's good for them to get someone locked in, right? And someone that comes with premiership caliber of a coach and they have sort of been in a pretty tough position for the last I don't know two months how long have they been without Hook for?
3: From memory he's Hook's been gone about a month and then but the applications have been available for a while from the, for, for, for a while yeah, for season 2024 and at that time when Flanagan was uh, mentioned you know he was way down the, the pecking order and obviously that's played out they've Ironed out those issues, and he's got the job. So it's an interesting one, yeah. Because it, it it's come from he he's been involved at the club before with assistant coach and roster manager, but this is it, it's starting off as a, a fractured relationship that's being repaired. To then did
0: he have a falling out there? Well, I, no,
3: I don't think there was a falling out. I just think he was allowed to be the assistant coach. The board and the power brokers were they were okay with that. Then they were okay. With him being the roster manager, but then when it came to head coach, some of my understanding is that some of the board and the power brokers, those key decision makers, uh didn't want him to be the head coach of the Dragons. Don't know what their um reasons or rationale for that were, but but that's the that's the base that they've started from. That and that was well publicized. I'm not just I'm not saying yeah. this. This yeah. is well yeah. publicized. So interesting to see that that's the base that they're beginning from.
0: I think the. Back to what I was saying, like, the the best thing about them making this, this decision now is that they can move to next year and, like, he can start looking at his squad, building his coaching staff. You know, the players that are contracted there next year now have an understanding of who's coming in to coach where, you know, before, when there's a bit of uncertainty in a joint and especially, like, they haven't been going too well this year, it's just as a player, like there's a bit of head noise that comes Mm -hmm. with all of that. So Mm. I think that will be all settled now and then at least these guys will be able to sort of audition for Shane and then show them, you know, that they want to be at the Dragons. Interesting that you said that because I was reading, I think it was yesterday or maybe this morning, that,
4: you know, the board and the CEO down there said he he ticks all the right boxes. You know, obviously they missed out on Jason Rolls, the main man. But like you just said, Jimmy, he was down in the pecking order. He wasn't even mentioned in the first couple of, you know, coaches. So, you know, that's what you get when you have two two joint ventures coming together. You get two boards that argue and come across and say, I want this person, I want that person. And I'm glad that they've sorted it out and they, I'm glad I'm happy for the club and for the players itself to move forward and look for a better better 20, you know, next season, 2024. But it just I, – I can't get my head around it. You know, he ticks all the right boxes – you know, what's that? The fourth time he's been interviewed or something. So, where's why well, wasn't his name yeah. up there in conversation in the first place? I know Jason Riles and was talked about, but they missed out on him. And then what? There's Haslow again, but now they're going back down to Shane Flanagan, who's. Well,
3: who's it, been it's, there, my, you know? it's my understanding that Riles was just about over the line. Yeah. But then some things that had happened in the background weren't going to be adhered to. So he, he's u tent. And gone down to Melbourne, like it was a big concern that a guy that's played for the club lives in the area, had a five-year deal on the la- on the on the table,
0: good money too, good yep. money.
3: Walked away from that, so for me, it is it's a it's a good news story that that yeah. Shane Flanagan's got the job, but I just hope that they've had the tough conversations now before they need to be had later down the track, or there's there's a level of understanding on who's got the final say or what the decision-making process is going to be when it comes to things like staff, uh, pathway structure, retention and recruitment. Because these are all key things that affect a coach's ability to win on the weekend, set up a club for success. So it's better to have those conversations in the boardroom before a job is accepted. Now, it's kind of a bit of a power power battle here because mm-hmm. you go – well, there's only 17 jobs, so the Dragons have got that in, in on their side of it, and go. Well, Shane, you can take it. You can take these. Take it or leave it. These are c- the terms and conditions. We want to control roster management. We want to. Con- we will have some say on some staff pathways, whatever. You just coach the team, and they've got that. But then Flanagan's got the. Well, I'm an experienced coach. You guys need someone. You've lost out on this guy. This guy. If I'm going to come in, then I want control of this. So it's that little bit of a, a battle whatever it is whichever way whichever way it goes both parties i think need to be in agreement that this is how we're going to progress together because it's it can't be flano v the board it's got to be set it's got to be together or it's got to be completely like well flano you're running the ship so if they don't sort that out now in 6 months time they're going to butt heads yeah and it's okay to have disagreements but if you don't know how they're going to come to solutions then they're screwed
4: I think it's, yeah, again, it's great for Flato. Uh Congratulations, Flato. Uh Look, he'll do wonders down there, I'm sure about it. You know, he's, he is an experienced coach. He has been around, and for him to take this job on, like you just said, Jimmy, he'll have his own thing set in place in his contracts. But again, I'll, yeah, I really do wish him all the best. And, you know, the players, like you just said, Connor, the, the players know for certain who their coach is for next year.
3: Well, if you look at their, t- their 1-17 on paper, and their extended squad. I think there's a lot of upside to the players. Like, if you go through their 17 on paper, you're like, well, yeah, because there's no obvious, like, oh, they they need areas of of improvement. You know, there's a lot of players that I believe are not playing at their potential or haven't played at their potential at the beginning of season 2023 and probably even last year as well. if he can come in and make a difference to those players, make Lomax the center he could potentially be, bring out the best in Amone, bring out the best Sloan. in Sloan, bring out the best in DeBellin, Sullivan. Sullivan, Sullivan, Sua. Like you've started to look like, okay, well, we're looking like we could be something here.
4: There's a team that you can be, build around it.
3: Yeah. You know, and then players he can you can fi- build a team around. Yeah, he, he, can, to. he can figure out like, okay, who can I get, the, who's, who's wants out and who can I get playing to where they potentially can be. So that's what it's about, right? Getting the players to play at their potential.
4: And in the his, right position.
3: Yeah, for as long as 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 long as you possibly can. Right. Squeeze as much juice out of them as possible.
4: Now that he's got the job, you reckon he'll go poaching from Sharks?
3: Well, I don't know, <laughs> but I don't know if they've got the money to.
0: <laughs> really? I
3: think, think Teague Wilton would be a great signing. Yeah. He, he'd he be a great signing. He's off contract for next season. The back row is an area that they, you know, possibly, Miss Macillo, I don't know how long he's got left. I think Teague Wilton would be a great signing for any team that needs an edge back rower. He- yeah, I, don't, I don't think he's got much wiggle room, salary cat wise, to manu- to work with at the moment. But he would know that going in, so that's a conversation that they would have had already. And obviously, the yeah, the elephant in the room down there, or the situation they need to to figure out first and foremost, because it's going to impact so many mm. different areas, is the Ben Hunt one. He's on a lot of money, playing seven. Is he best suited at nine? Get that sorted, and then they can build for next year.
0: Is he still at Manly?
3: For the rest of the year? I believe so, yes. Yeah.
4: Flano down there is like that's a big draw card, right? For players as well that's been involved with him.
3: Is there anyone left from that sharks team that has been involved with him? No, that obviously Jack Baird. He, so he's already th- there. That, that that that's a big one. Yeah. That where you think Jack Baird, if Flano can get him performing like he did when he had him at the Sharks, that's a that's a that's a big yeah. big upside for the Dragons.
4: I think, yeah. But again. It's it's great for them, it's great for Dragons, and I can only hope they do much better next year. What
3: was it like for you, Greg, when you were at Souths, possibly at, or did you sign under Maguire?
4: No, I signed under Lang. Yeah, so Lang
3: was there, you have that change. What difference did Maguire make from day one? What did he do that was different, and and what... Like, what would your advice be for any coach going into, I guess, a a huge club? South Sydney, St. George Dragons, huge clubs. You go in day one. What should should he do?
4: Just press refresh, reset, restart, reset everything. And, you know, what's done is there and what they got in place. You know, it's entirely up to Flano, but... He's got his own – he'll have his own agenda to go down and you want to make the things different around it, whether it be disciplined off the field, around the club, like turning up on time, making sure they're eating right, you know, all that kind of disciplinary stuff that goes on around the club. That's what Madge bought. Um, you know, if you're starting on the field at nine, well, then you're out in the field at quarter to nine, you know, ready, stretched, ready to go, strapped, everything like that. So I am i don't know what goes on down there, but that's what – I'm just speaking about Madge, Madge bought to, to South. All the disciplinary – acts around it, how he promoted the brand of South Sydney Rabbitohs. What, is, what does a South Sydney player look like? You know, so he brought that there into it and main thing was the players bought into it and that's what you know, I'm sure Fano would do it down there to bring the players and make sure they buy into it. And it starts with your leaders, what we spoke about here before. It starts with your leaders. Your leaders don't buy into it, but then the young one's not going to. So I'm sure Fano's got a good relationship there with Benny Hunt and we'll see.
3: Yeah, just a quick one. With Maguire coming in, how much did you rely on yourself, Sutton, Reynolds, Burgess?
4: Yeah, well, Mick Crocker was there. Roy yeah. Asatasi there was at the time. So Matty King and bringing those, having us guys up, up top there. You know, I was in the leadership group, but I, I sort of wasn't in the leadership group, you know. So I was sort of bouncing in between into between both. But I think he put me in the leadership group because I had a lot to do with Magic Melbourne and I knew what he could bring and I knew what he was looking at uh, molding the club around. And again, he was a coach that had a lot of say about it, where he wants to play, where he wants to do these pathways. And
0: it's worked out. And Sal's are still going, living by what matches instilled in the club. He's done a great job there. So for them to still live by. I remember hearing a story, the boys talking about the first day that Robbo came to training. And I was like 16 then. So I wasn't around the club, but they reckon that like the first team meeting he's just come in sort of just come from France right so comes in uh just completely like owned it this is how we're going to play and we're going to win the comp and like the boys reckon they left that meeting going like we're going to win we're going to win the comp mm. this year and that and they did they ended up winning that year in 2013 so uh, yeah just for like a, to hear them talk about how you know like a rookie NRL coach just come in and really just instill confidence yeah. in the boys just and they had a terrific year that year. Yeah. Had a terrific few years and still, you know, they still are.
4: Did you say you yeah. were 16 in 2013?
3: What was I? 2013?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I was um, I was 16. <laughs> I think I finished school in 2014. Yeah. Oh, well. that, how, how does that make you make you I feel. Ch-
3: you feel. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well, anyway. Oh, well. It's interesting you, you, you both say that about eventual premiership winning coaches. See, I think the Dragons need to forget that chat. So, I think… It should, it's got to be situational and I don't think the talk at the Dragons should be about winning a premiership. Yeah, the process is to get there but that's, for me, with all due respect, uh, at least a four-year project. Yeah, they got a um,
4: thing about playing finals football first, right? Yeah. Okay. You know, they make that, make that eight, recess it, make the four, being mm. that consistent, like you said, Jimmy, it's got to be like a four-year process. Mm. They get the three-year process of playing finals football and really understand what mm. it's about. There'
0: a big chance of getting to the big dance at the end because that's what you see over the years about the top eight teams. I want to ask you both a question. Like, when did you guys ever play and go into years thinking that you're not going to win the comp? If we make like, was your mindset ever if we make the finals this year, I'm happy with that? Because just from like my perspective, even when I was at Newcastle, and I was like, I don't know if I was blindly ignorant or what, but I still thought we were going to win the comp with. The the guys that we had there, which was a completely different side to the one that I came from at the Roosters, but I still had that mindset. But then I've spoken to some players and then they'll talk about their team's hopes for the year and be like, I've got to be real here. I'm happy to to make the finals. Like, have you had years like that?
4: (laughs) I definitely have. And I still talk about it. I spoke about it on Friday night. Same sort of thing, having resilience and, you know, how do you change your mindset around things? When I, when I signed with South Sydney um, in 2010, the year before that I was hoping to get to the finals and they just missed out. And 2011 came around and I was like cheering because we almost made it. You know, we almost mm. made it. And I'm sitting there going, what the hell is going on? Like, you guys are cheering because he's a one win away from getting the top eight. Say so I was like, nah, this like we shouldn't be thinking about that there yeah, stuff. We gotta actually believe it that we're gonna play finals footy, you know." <laughs> and I, I like how Gus Goulds was commentating that year because every time, and it's true, every time Chris is standing, I kick a field goal before before half time, we lose, <laughs> 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 we lose. So we, we just go in there and say, "Christy, don't kick that ball." <laughs> Field goal before halftime. Did you listen? No.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> but we, we had some really good characters and yeah. But yeah, that's that's what sticks out, you know, because coming to a new club and no idea. All I knew was what was the community base and how how they treated their players and you know really well. So that's what drew me there. And then when I was talking about hopefully making the top eight or just cheering that they finished ninth or tenth, I was blown away by it. You know, it's just like. That's where the mindset and that's what have imagined there helped. And, you know that what Robo did and the belief in doing it, yeah. belief would make it in the top eight, yeah. top four, and then winning.
3: I think I, I think I've began every season like we can win this. Yeah, we can give it a shake, knowing that there's some variables that are out of out of our control and my control. But then you know you get to that, you play a few games and you're like, hang on a minute, we're gonna. But like, you can't we're, help it, right? We're, we're, we're gonna need that team meeting that they're gonna talk about in 10 years' time. Like we drew a line in the sand <laughs> after that game <laughs> and <laughs> we didn't look back. It's like, when are we gonna play that card here, lads? Are we gonna wait a little bit more? Like, is it if we hit rock bo- rock bottom just yet, or are you gonna wait? And you gotta like you've almost got to like time that because you know you can get a reaction, you know you're underperforming. You know, I think every team starts with the belief that. They can, you know, you dare to dream. We can win the comp, but then after a couple of games or halfway through that season, you're like, oh shit! And then you start to table watch, and you're like, hang on a minute, ten games left. We're gonna need to win seven from ten or six from ten, and then you start to look at those ratios of to even get in there. And it's when you, when as one of the leaders, you go, right lads, this is the facts. Forget what we've done, but it's it's an interesting dynamic in that, and just on. What what is a success for teams? Obviously, we, we had that um, NBA coach on a couple of weeks ago and what does being successful look like? It means different things to different people and different organizations and and different individuals. So, it, it's hard to figure out. But I guess, you know, you, you could make a case in point that there's, there's one winner and there's 16 losers in our competition. But even to your point, Greg, I know you came from a superior mm. system at Melbourne, but you can understand why South Sydney were like, Greg, you don't know where we've been, mate. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah.
4: And then for them to, like like you just said, every organization's <clears throat> got different stories of all, you know, where they want to measure themselves being successful. And, you know, South Sydney, like you just said, well, first time being in there, first time being around, and <laughs> I had no idea where they've been or what they've been through. You know, where they're training out of Demountables in Erskineville or had no field to train on. You know, sometimes it was could be like a bit of a cow padding where they just played. So, you know, they, they may do what they got and they did not once complain about it. And now look to where they are. Look at They're, them now. Yeah. centre. Yeah, over exactly. There. Because, you know, that whole turning around point of refocusing on where you want to go. So it's um, it's interesting, but yeah, it goes back to the old, oh, everybody's fit in pre season. Mm. We're all looking oh. great. We're all looking good. Every, Trials yeah. are killing
3: it. <laughs> yeah, I can't. And then. Brown, shape round life. round one oh. to round one to six, Treating the house down. <laughs>
2: yeah,
4: round one. Like, oh, look at the key.
2: Look at the high-speed
4: meters, we I've never had a preseason like it. Never had an eight-pack before.
2: few shirts off yeah, yeah, photos on the gram. Photos,
4: summertime, and then bang, round one to six. You're like, hey, hold on a minute. We're mm. we're not nowhere near to where the other teams were.
3: Mm. So, hey, just um j- just on the on the dragons. So now there was an article yesterday on Fox Sports about the players. That they've been linked with. Connor, you were one of them. Like how much does that do you think plays on on their mind? Has it played on your mind at all? Uh, going to the dragons. Yeah. Or being linked with them.
0: Well or do I you didn't want to go to the dragons. I didn't know about it until Charlie actually just brought it up before, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's been avoiding it. He'll <laughs> just been like just turned deleted my phone, turned it all off. Now it's so true. I uh yeah, I mean it's it's hard not to see that stuff. Like mm. when you're sort Of names brought into it, where like, and to be honest, doing this stuff like the footy talk podcast or, or whatever it is, I've been reading like a little bit more media just so I'm up to date. I can, I can talk about this stuff, but then you do see more stuff about them like bagging your team or <laughs> bringing your. I think there was a mass, there's a mass clean out going on at the Roosters too, and I was part of that as well. So, does
2: that, yeah. Does that affect? Yeah, you?
0: Does. I, I think it's different for me now because I'm not playing so. Like, weirdly, I'm in free fall, if you, if you know what I mean. well, Did you day, get what I'm trying to say there? At the end of the day, you're still, like, look, you're still looking after yourself. Right? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not really, I can't, I'm not in control of whatever else is happening. The only thing I'm in control of is, like, getting my knee better. And, because I'm not playing to, uh, free fall is probably, like, not the right word. But, like, I'm a little bit handheld in the sense that I actually can't go out there and play mm. and control what's happening right now with my contract situation, like it's And contribute just, what's yeah, going yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like it's going on. Obviously, I've played, I think this would be my eighth year of NRL. So, like I'm good enough to play at this level, but for me to be like properly in the shop front and to really be pushing my point, I can't do that so much at the moment. So, all of that stuff, I'm just letting it unfold. Like I've got people who are taking care of it and when time comes to make the decision, like, I will do that, but I'm also not in a rush because I'm hoping to get back this year. Then I will be in the shop front window. Yeah. Then you can we, actually
3: go out there, show everyone what you're made of, what you're capable of. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. exactly right. So, yeah, we'll just see what happens, mm-hmm. boys. But, I mean, like, yeah, I'm very open-minded, open to looking at all, all options. You so you're
4: not turning dragons down.
0: Never say never, (laughs)
3: boys. You know, you know what's weird. So I I was in this, or not too dissimilar situation when the dogs were needing a clean out in twenty at the end of twenty seventeen, and my name was getting linked, and I was getting linked to the dragons, and people were asking me, and most people thought knew it was done before I knew it was done. (laughs) Like I'd not had a conversation with them. Yeah. And people are connecting the dots and going, Dragons need a front row, Bulldogs need a clean out, James Graham's gonna go. And I was still under contract for the following yeah, year and no I way. was like, no, I wanna want stay. Yeah. And then it was like, time passes, more evidence gets presented to you, situation changes, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm going. It's like, <laughs> they predicted this two months ago. Like, you know, obviously that, that article where it's like, you know, all these different players that the Dragons could sign, whoever wrote that, only one of them needs to come true. Nostradamus. So, someone's reading that and going, I'm not going to, what are they on about? I'm not going. And things change. It's like, before you know it, you're there. You're there. And it's your life. And mate, this, the same could happen to you where yeah. it's like, I, no, at that time, legitimately, not going. no, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. Not Nothing to do with the dragons. I'm not going anywhere. And then it's like, oh,
0: actually, I am. Yeah. Who knows? Before you know it, pre-season and dragon yeah. War, yeah, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's, yeah, they just, I don't know whether they actually have like they know this or they just throw enough darts eventually one of them will stick bit of both
3: I reckon bit of both you know I think they'd look at like who needs what in which area and also they'd know like they'd speak to like player agents and recruitment managers say oh we're in the market for this guy and oh it'd be nice if that guy came or yeah chess
4: going chess playmakers in the background Mm. moving parts
3: (laughs) sure is All right, we'll take a quick break and come back with some more news Hello and welcome back to the Listener Podcast, Footy Talk. James Graham, G.I. and Connor Watson. Boys, Origin is only ooh, four or five days away. I can't quite count, but it's Wednesday. Greg, the psychological difference between going in there 1-0 up versus 1-0 down. I guess one team would like to win. One team needs to win.
4: Well, they need to be there. Doesn't, they need to be up there playing a well above then game one, both teams. doesn't matter. Queensland had a great win, doesn't matter. They
3: need to be better. They need to be better. Yeah. Because they I agree know
4: with that. they know New South Wales is gonna be ten times better. And doesn't matter if you're playing out Suncorp, Suncorp or not, but be up there in hostile crowd, packed out, and everyone's screaming Queenslander, it's it can be like daunting on players. Um obviously Queensland will thrive from it, but both teams. Without a doubt, need to be ten times better yeah. than what they did in game one from both sides. Queensland had a great game, but they can't rest on the morals of, with that. There, they need to. They
3: gave a lot of lot of opportunities to New South Wales. I don't think they can afford them as many. No, and effect, uh, and expect New South Wales to get as many moments wrong.
4: Yeah, I spoke about this last week with the Gazania story. You know, it's you got to make sure you don't every little fine detail like point 0.1% and then turn that into 1%, then that adds up to you going into, throughout your preparation to go into Origin because you think sitting here watching it, that's going to be, you know, crazy. It's it's quick, it's fast, and those players will, before they know it, will be kicked off and then we'll still be going for full time. And being up there, they they would have loved to be around Brisbane City and getting it all, all synced in, but it's going to be very hostile, without a doubt. And both sides need to, you know, be out there and play.
3: What about that? Way men-
4: better than game one.
3: What about that mentality of the the or the difference in the oh we we need to win to keep this alive versus oh like it'd be yeah, we can wrap it up.
4: Yeah, like you don't walk you don't go into games, especially in game two and you're already one nil up, you don't go thinking oh, I'll take the take the foot off of the, thr- the throttle a little bit and just take it a bit easy and, you know, save it for game three. Uh-uh. You don't think – you can't think like that there. Uh, but subconsciously you are. It's it's weird and, and I was like there, but when you go on 1-0 up
0: – Is your mind like trying to play tricks?
4: Yeah, it, it's it's a weird feeling, man. Like it's – I don't know what it is. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure Freddie will have the New South Wales boys not even thinking about that at all. Um, you know, that's a must win and I'm – you know, with Bill and the boys, Billy's been there before of, of late, so he knows what to do. He knows how to prepare. His attention to details is unbelievable that I've ever seen in in a player. And now he's turned that into coaching and having one of the other passionate guy there, in Ken Smith. You know, big, big head Nate Miles in the forwards up there as well. So, look, it's yeah, it's going to be interesting, and we'll we'll find out. You know, who's going to take it take it away in the last 10 minutes or last five minutes. You won't know. It can be, 20, it can be 24-0, you know, going to 30 minutes to go. You still can't write both teams off yet.
3: Yeah, just think, I just think it's really interesting if you can affect that subconscious. It's kind of like finals, when teams finish top four, they get two bites of the cherry versus the desperation of 5v8, 6v7. Like they must win games for, for all teams. So you don't get that one team playing with different mentalities but this is one of those rare situations where a team does play with a different mentality like if we don't win we're done
4: Yeah, or and if we
3: win it's over like
4: yeah and Queensland I've been in you know years and that with the with the side where we've gone 2-0 and we've gone back to Queensland and couldn't make a, a clean sweep but none of us prepared right because we knew we already had the series wrapped up you know that could be the same way this could unfold. But what about being down, Greg? Being down, I was like Jimmy just said, you you know, it's desperation time. You know, you're gonna go out there and just play for anything that you can. It's same mentality as, you know, you're finishing your top four, you get two bites. This is exactly the same way, but this time you you know, in the bottom four your you teams
2: mm.
4: of the um of the finals. So <laughs> look, it's I'm gonna be up there, boys. It's gonna be Hectic. It's going to be epic to sit there and watch. And once that ball gets kicked off in the first ten minutes, I'll be sitting back, thinking, wishing that I was out there. But really, I don't want to be like, <laughs> because it, I want to save me body.
3: I think, it, it, in a strange way, you'd rather be in the situation of we've got to win this. Yeah, like it's, we've got like for a mentality of going up there. That is the mentality of oh, like if say if New South Wales had a one-game-one the the, the Queensland mentality would have been we've got to win this and New South Wales be would would have been I oh, will be nice yeah but you we'll can't have going there you can't yeah, yeah you just but can't. I think the, the mentality of we have to win and is it, going to play in the favour of New South Wales like I think they like that they'd prefer players fit and 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 whatnot but this is the mentality that they need
4: it's almost like an ambush but it, it's a yeah like you said it's a weird thought to go through your head when you go up there This, this stuff I was gonna go up there and lock an ambush they're gonna you know they're going up there do a job and get out and Queensland and grab <laughs> and <laughs> Queensland will want to you know counter it so look it's I, yeah I said earlier I've been a part of it where we you know gone two 0 up and could have got the third one winning in Brisbane but yeah it's and I've also been a part of being you know one 0 down and going into the game too in Sydney, and we won that to make it one-all. So it's it's a, it's a
3: weird one. What, what do you make of um, South bringing in or insisting on their own phys- physiology yeah. you-
4: It's interesting. I've never, ever heard of it. I've never seen it. And that's, I, I don't know whether it's they're playing, you know, all happy family at the moment with it. But with rep sides and that there, you just, you sure, you, you got your, your trust, and yeah. that's the reason why your clubs that you get to play because well, so you're trusting got... them in the in those physios there because that's why they're there. They, you well, you,
3: but surely you should be trusting the rep physios as well. Yeah, that's it? what I'm saying.
4: You should yeah. be. Yeah, like trust the club, but... I've never seen it. Oh, so I'm not sure what... what sounds they're... like Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady can do whatever you want. Oh,
3: I, <laughs> I hope we don't evolve into a game where like. players have got their own strength and conditioners that they come into training with nah. and their own physios. It's probably it's gonna happen. It's gonna right? happen. Oh, no God. way, no chance. can't. It's not if, mm. it's when. But no,
4: Jimmy. I don't. I've never seen that, so I don't know what's. Mm.
3: It used what's to that ir- behind. used to <laughs> irk me a little bit when you'd see players putting up like themselves doing weights away from training,
0: well, like well, in season. Yeah. Yeah. Like what, what you doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, but i will i
4: never want... I'll st- I'll, st- I'll tell you a quick story. I was sitting there yesterday with. With the um with with the partner and was driving. I th- I'm not sure we was driving to, but was in here yesterday. And was driving. I was like, you know, babe, I think I'm gonna start going to the gym. You know, I've been thinking about it lately. And she goes, oh yeah. And what's what's your verdict? I said, yeah, it's just a passing thought.
3: I'm not.
4: So, all kudos to the boys. They want to train and do that there, but it's not for. Yeah, his, but I wife, I, 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 just I just man. mean more on like.
3: I don't know why don't you going Don't by yourself go, to do yeah, why are you going, yeah. Well not just going out to do extra stuff but do it at the club under the club supervision like why are you
0: Yeah I'm Yeah You know it just seems <laughs> a bit I understand people doing it to go get like do Pilates or yeah, yoga yeah, and stuff yeah, go, away from yeah, it.
3: Yeah the, that they don't have the facility to do at the club Yeah But, but doing, you got weights
0: and cardio and
4: all that This stuff at the club
3: Yeah Like mm. that should be managed by people that are looking to build footballers not strongmen Mm or strong women or abs Mm. beach Um, bodies interesting maybe we'll look back in another 20 years time or back in my day (laughs) we used to have an actual club physio (laughs) we didn't go with our own we didn't all rock in with our own gonna be a big car park at all these new uh, centres of excellence isn't it (laughs) All right, that just about wraps us up for Footy Talk thanks for listening everyone we'll catch you next week